Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. Marianne, I am so excited. We are actually recording right now. And I am so thrilled to hear your part of the story of the Lido because you were a dresser. You were the one that sent us that video to share of the um, storage area of the Lido. And it, it was almost like Disneyland, like to be toured, like going down into the underground part and seeing things that a lot of people haven't seen for years and years and years. And the timing of when the Lido's closing, it made it more special because we're, it's not just a show closing. It's not just, it's not just a theater, but there's all those years. And I think the, seeing the costumes captures it like nothing else can. Of all the, all the dancers, singers, performers that wore those costumes, all the wardrobe people that were part of that, all the technicians. So we chatted a little before we started of, of you know, what it was like for you to see it from your point of view is really, really valuable. So I thank you for taking the time. So it's Marianne, and I'm going to have you say your last name because you I've, I've attempted it with my non-French accent. So can you say your full name for me? Marion Villechenouf. It's so beautiful. Typical French name. Oh, but it's beautiful. I would have I would have not got close to that. And so you you were a dresser at the Lido. So I would before we get there, can we even talk about how someone ends up as a dresser there? Like what was your journey like as far as jobs or training or school or sometimes people do, do things that weren't even related to anything they've ever done before and they find themselves doing something that I don't really know how I got here. Uh, actually, I've always been passionate about uh, costumes in general and costuming, uh, clothing, sewing. Uh, I've started sewing with my mom when I was really young because she knew a few, a few things. So she showed me and I just loved it. Uh, but that time I was um, doing uh, uh, scientific studies uh, like in biology. And uh, very fast when I grew up, like by 18, 19, I figured that I was just, I just needed to do something with my hands, like sewing. Yeah. And um, I ended up doing a costume school uh, close to Paris. Uh, it was a two years uh, formation and it was just like some kind of a revelation for me. I was like, oh my God, that's what I love. Uh, I, I just love well, everything that is about costumes. And uh, I had the opportunity to do an internship uh, with my school at the Lido. Wow. It was uh, in uh, summer 2017, so five years ago. And uh, I think I just never left after the internship. <laughs> Uh, I loved it so much. Um, uh, I kept coming back because uh, I had a great feeling with the team. So they kept calling me back all the time. And uh, I just I just worked there for five years. <laughs> That's amazing. I what a great internship. Because I know it, when people go to th their college, university, or trade schools, sometimes the internship is more, I have to get through this because I'm learning, but it's not necessarily 
the thing you're looking for. So have the Lido be your internship, just that. It's amazing. Yeah, I, it was like really the just the best opportunity I ever had. <laughs> it was the, the dream job. And uh, it was a summer internship, so I didn't have to do it because I already had uh, many internships during the years. And uh, summer in France is not the, um, the proper school time, uh, like July and August, you're supposed to be on holiday when you're a student. So uh, I, I chose to do it even if I didn't have to, because it was just like a dream. And it was like, if I don't do it now, I'm just gonna regret it my whole life. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, especially now that you were in there at this historic time of, man, just getting through where, you know, starting it and then having COVID and then coming back and just getting it going and then the settling and the waiting. Like it's, it was a super hard time. I talked to Jane and Jeremy too, just to come in at this time as far as management, to have all these things all packed into these years of the ups and downs. And you go, this is a sacred time, even though it's sad. It's the in history, you guys are the final representation of the show. I have a, a question of what the schooling was like. What were the um, courses or what were you learning in costuming? Was it considered costuming school, like a trade school or a university? Or a, uh, Actually, um, it was um, more like a, a school about uh, shows. Like you had different classes and I was in the costume class, but you had like an actor course and oh. uh, editor course, things like that. And I had the costume one. Uh, so it was more about um, sewing, like a workshop work, um, which I loved a lot. And uh, which is actually the one I'm doing the most outside the Lido. When I'm not working at the Lido, I'm usually working in a workshop and not as a dresser. Uh, but I had the opportunity, as I said, to try to be a dresser at the Lido. And I just loved it because it was the first time I was working like during a show. And it, it's just a different feeling, you know, to have all the adrenaline of the show. Just like no matter what, the show must go on. And it's just something that boosts me a lot. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Uh, I love sewing. Sewing is my main thing. Yeah. But, just working during a show is a whole different experience. And I think I got addicted to it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Cause I could see sewing being almost kind of uh, therapeutic and slow. Usually you can make your environment in your house quieting if you're working somewhere else. I can't imagine anywhere being quite, except for backstage, maybe a Broadway show where there's all, all that craziness, but we'll talk about what you do as a swing and what swings do. That show is never, <laughs> it's never the same. I, I also looked at your Instagram that your sense of style of how you dress Thank and even you. your hair and makeup, like, oh, she's very fashion forward, but also kind of has that um, when people dress how they want to dress and not what everybody else is wearing. I just loved, I loved how you just did your regular everyday fashion. So when I'm you're, sorry. when you're sewing, do you, we'll get to the little but do you make your own patterns or do you see things and you want to make it? Or are you a person that creates garments and other yeah, things or, or I'm a fast learner and I learn while doing things so uh that's really my way of uh learning I just have to try and I will try until I succeed and even if it means failing of course many times uh I will always be more satisfied with something that I've been trying and trying and trying and finally succeeding than if I had been like watching tutorials or just 
listening and learning from other people and then I try once and it already is perfect like that that's not my way of doing things I'm more like trying 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 and just figuring out my best way to do the thing so that's uh that's the thing I love a lot about the Lido because you you can just see the show from a lot of different perspective when you're a swing that's what I was a dresser swing and uh, just the fact that you understand how the show works like if I'm doing this at this spot it's because on this other spot this other girl does this at the same time and that's why the quick change works yeah <laughs> like it, it really is mental when you can have like a, a map of the show in your head and you know exactly who's doing what at what time so you can just put yourself inside this map and <laughs> it's a bit conceptual yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you know everything in the show you can way easier um put yourself inside and try to be useful when you gotta be what a fun way to do that because the, like if you love sewing but you also like this whole mind, like how the brain works and figuring things out. What a great job. Cause if you just loved sitting by yourself and sewing, that could have been one way of living your life, but we'll talk about the other jobs that you do that you didn't just do that. Cause I want to even just for sewing myself. I hate sewing so much. I, I, I was so bad at it. We had the old fashioned singer. My mom hated sewing. My sister tried to sew. We would all get so full of rage trying to sew. <laughs> I remember the bobbin would pull the thread through, would ruin garments. And I had to take, I'm sorry, making about, about me, but I'm just thinking how my relationship to sewing, when I hear you, I'm like, oh, you have to love to sew. But I had a project in home economics. I don't know if you have it called that in, in France, but it's a, one, one class was on cooking and we had one on sewing. Oh yes. And I had the creative idea, but I could not make it come out of the sewing machine. And even one dress pattern, I was so excited to kind of design it. And when you cut out a pattern and you're, they're pinned together, the two sleeves of my dress were pinned together. I sewed both sleeves into one armhole accidentally. And the teacher said, you have to rip that out and put the other sleeve on the other arm. And I was so mad. I go, no, I won't do it. I would just hated it so much. And she said, if you wear that to school, I will give you a passing grade. And so I did because I didn't want to rip it out. I went to school with a dress with two sleeves and one arm and none on the other. And so when I hear someone loves sewing, I'm like, I wonder what that's like. Because a lot of, most of the people I interview talk about how much they love dancing or how much they love um, like designing the costumes. So I love that there are people that love sewing and love those things that you have to be so patient for because my brain does not get that at all. <laughs> I think it comes with my uh, scientist brain because uh, yeah. I had a lot of ma mathematics course and I think it helps a lot in sewing, like really a lot. Yeah, because it's not you just don't just cut it out and put it together. There is the thing I didn't have was how to fix something or to make a new way or or if you're very creative for design to be able to put your design to make it yourself because I talked to Pete Menefee who designed a lot of the costumes for Don Arden in America that he didn't sew. So he would design them and then somebody else would make the creation. So I'm like, what an amazing picture of what this is like. Everybody has a place in the team. And if everyone wants to just be creative and no one wants to actually make it happen or choreographers that can't teach it or 
it's all taught and you don't have people to keep the show running smooth like how each part of that and it seems like everybody that I talk to loves what they do and maybe we don't get you know what the other ones do but I think everyone has this appreciation that oh my goodness thank thankfully we have these people that love something and do it so well because I've done shows that I think that things are barely stitched on and weren't made very well or uh, yeah so I want to talk about a little bit what your internship involved because here you are thrown into the Lido but I'm sure they trained you what was that like to even come in and see the backstage and the costumes for the first time and to see that this is what you're going to be doing and the craziness of the backstage area it really was crazy uh, i remember very very well the first day uh, i came to the lido it was the first of july uh, so it was summer the weather was really really nice and you know at the lido the backstage they're um, underground so when you arrive there you actually have to go downstairs like four levels or something like this and you're really like oh you, there's no window it's just a bit harsh you know like to be uh, maybe that's because I have a bit of claustrophobia but at first I was a bit worried like what is this place it, it didn't feel really um it feel a bit uh, uh yeah I was worried like what what is waiting for me there and I was yeah. anxious of course because uh I was just, I wanted to see and yeah. And when I first saw the costumes and when the show started and um, I had to see the opening from the, from backstage, I was just waiting between two curtains and I heard the music and the girls were all dressed up in their costumes. And honestly, I cried. Yeah, I want to <laughs> cry hearing this. My, my yeah. first time watching the opening was very, very emotional. Um, I was just like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it, it, yeah, it was just, I, I remember I was just staring at the show and um, the, the girl that was training me, she was like, come on, Marion, we, we got to go. <laughs> like, we got things to do. And I was like, yes, 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 sure. <laughs> I was just oh my so God. And for the, it was a one month internship. And uh, during this internship, I learned, uh, I, I swinged already. Uh, I, I learned many different spots. And uh, every time I was discovering new parts of the show, uh, like when you were uh, stage ground and then downstairs or upstairs, like things don't look the same. And I was just, uh, I was living the dream. <laughs> And I was always discovering new things, and yeah, it was uh, it was really intense. And uh, yeah, uh, I really have the the best. And since I was just learning, and I wasn't paid, like I had really no obligations or just I was I felt like I was just there to enjoy, and I enjoyed a lot. Oh, good for <laughs> you! Don't I just have to learn. And on the last day. Um, I had to do a spot on my own because we were minus one and uh, it was my last day. I had been there for a month. So the boss said, okay, Marianne, I think you're ready. You're doing a lodge on yourself tonight. <laughs> and I felt so much pressure, but I just loved it. And when I left, I told her, um, you know, I really love this. And uh, um, if you need me to come back, like uh, if you need replacement or what, just give me a call. 
And she was like, sure, sure. And like a few weeks later, she called me back again and said, Mario, would you like, would you like to come back? I have a contract for you if you want. And I was just, ah, yes, of oh course. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, and I came back and the end, you know. <laughs> and to- um, had you seen the show from the front? Or was your, 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 you saw it all in these pieces yeah, from different uh, angles and never uh, saw it. Did you ever see it from the front? Did you ever come see the show in the audience? Yeah, I've seen it many times since. But when I started, I had never seen the show. I had never seen any cabaret show. I had never seen the Moulin Rouge. I had never seen the Crazy Horse or whatever, the Paradis Latin. Uh, I was just completely new in the cabaret world. Oh. And probably that's why I got so moved because it yeah. was everything I, ha- I had ever dreamed of. And I, um, I saw the show, I think, uh, uh, th- uh, three, three weeks of my internship, something like this, uh, like quite uh, a, a bit before the end. Yeah. Uh, I, th- uh, I saw the show because we were uh, plus one. So uh, I, I wasn't really needed. So the boss said, okay, you can go and see the show. I okay I'm loving this so much I interviewed uh, Sonia Rockland that wrote the book the Lido book that has the beautiful photos her Jeremy worked on that and she had never seen she's from France also had never seen the show because we just assume well, you just see that but I live in Seattle I don't see a lot of things because I live here I don't pay attention to it so the way she talked about learning about the Lido she also hadn't seen it but she saw the backstage and she watched the videos and she turned, heard the interviews. I'm like, this is such an amazing way to be introduced to something instead of straight on facing it to have your first time in the wings. Cause you're up close and you feel the buzz of it. Cause in the audience, you just see it. The, op- the curtain opens there already. You get to see the getting ready. I'm, I got chills on that. I just think that's such a, a really different way to take in exactly. something instead of just with the audience see you got to see both and that's how you're introduced to cabaret not just the Lido and your internship but this whole beautiful experience not just a show actually now every time I go to see a show I just can't help but keep the whole show imagine imagining the the backstage how, how it looks like when I see a dancer uh, going out of stage and I I I'm like, what is going, Ben? What is she going to do? She's going to do costume. And when she reappears on stage, I'm like, she changed costume. That was really fast. How was the quick change going? How many dressers? What does it look like behind the stage? And yeah, it's really, that's a thing I love about going to see shows now. It's just all the magic around the unknown backstage. Right. Uh, I love just figuring out how it should work and how it's working. And I love it. Oh my gosh. That is so fun because I know like when I've interviewed dressers or the technicians and you hear all the things they're doing, like there's a, there's the show that the audience sees, there's the show of what everybody's doing. And then even just in the dressing rooms is its own show. It should be its own Netflix series of just the dressing rooms of all the yeah the camaraderie and the fast changes all it. so much happens back there I love that you see that when you're seeing the show you know it's not just this one-dimensional thing like behind that curtain is this whole magical world that you can see so when you when you are swinging because I, I think that that is fascinating because I've learned more about the swings because I did the same track for a year two shows a night that I was in and there were swings that came in 
they would swing. There were six of us. And so when, whatever we had a different night off, the swing would come to ours, but it was only within the line. Mm-hmm. And then what I've learned at the Lido that their swings that swing all the parts. And then I talked to Kate Matthews, who was uh, a replacement at the Moulin Rouge and the Lido at the same time. And I'm like, this is a whole different game of how smart you have to be to adjust all the time. And, and they talk about the swing book for dancers. Like it almost looks like a football or as you say, soccer play. Like I go here and there's little maps and X's and how they know like, okay, tonight I'm in this person's and they have their swing book. So this fascinates me to not have the same show. So can you talk about what experience that's like for you of just the difference of what a swing does than someone or a replacement that's in the same place? Because we'll get more into what you actually do always, but what is it like for you to come in and find out, okay, here's, here's the group that you're doing or the side of stage, or how does it divide it up? Of what you'll be responsible it's for. Divided downstairs uh, at um, actual spots, physical spots, and you have like a number of girls, like around three or four girls. Uh, they're like your girls, and you're gonna help them on all the downstairs changing. Uh, but when you go upstairs during the show, like you just have uh, things to do, but. depending on the spots you're doing you're not always working with your girls your downstairs girls uh you can uh like you know how at the lido you have the blue bells the bells and the sublime and sometimes you can be working with the blue bells downstairs but have uh one quick change with the sublime upstairs like stage one so um it's really nice because you're just seeing a lot of people and even more when you're swinging like me, uh, you just get to know everyone. And um, I have a good memory. Uh, I, I used to work with kids uh, for like my uh, uh, my school job, like when I was at school and I used to work with kids to make money at the side. And so just learning everyone's name kind of is my thing. So just getting to know everyone and everyone and their numbers because every girl has a number and every place has a number so just knowing every girl's name every girl's number uh, every place number (laughs) it kind of get really um it's what's the word the word uh, i'm losing myself in english right now (laughs) it's intense and stimulating just having things going on. And what I love the most about being swing is the fact that I know everyone's part in the show is that if there's a problem somewhere, I can see it before everyone else because I'll be like, okay, this place is supposed to be taken right now. There's supposed to be right now someone doing this. And if no one is doing this, it means the girl who's supposed to be doing it is stuck somewhere else solving another problem so i get to replace her on her spot while she's solving another problem and just being really able to move from spot to spot even during one show or some sometimes when we're like minus one and you get to help on two different spots and just visualize visualizing like uh, you need someone here there uh, I don't have anything to do in this spot so I can 
make both pot at the same time or things like this. It's just, I love the, the way I can just put myself where someone needs me. I don't know if this is expression is only American. Quick on your feet. Is that? Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. So how fast do you have to think? Because there's some people that that would just make them almost freeze, like to, to have to problem solve in the, in the moment. You have to be quick on your feet and just see, see the whole picture. Because like we said, there's this whole show behind the show. But like you said, someone's stuck somewhere. And I've interviewed, we talked about costume mishaps, like somebody's arm was stuck in their costume or something fell off and they have to run off and change and someone like here, like make this work. So not even just the dressing that, that there's things that go wrong with costumes that have to be fixed. And you have to think fast because if someone, somebody's talking about their, their dress being stuck in the stage and they had to stay there for the whole number. And so, okay, problem solving like that. Because I, when I did the um, backstage tour with Jane and Jeremy and then Jane, I wish I could remember her name, her number because she's now management or the ballet, oh, mistress de ballet. But she was saying, this is my dressing room number, whatever. And so, and the costumes are hung up that way too, by the numbers, right? When, like I saw all the bluebell costumes all lined up and they have a little curtain you pull back and they're all lined up. So those are by the number that also matches the dressing room. So that girl is the same number for everything, right? Most of the time, yes, but you also have like replacements, the girls that don't oh. have a number. So they're doing like, for example, uh, a girl, uh, let's call her Marion because it's my name. So it's Z and I'm not telling anyone. So uh, <laughs> there's a girl called Marion and she comes and she's doing like place number one, but she's using costume number two. So, and she has her own uh, près du corps, the... Uh, like bra and um, pennies, her own ones. Uh, so we have to put Marion's bras on place number one with costumes number two. And sometimes uh, you have swings among the dancers. So it's going to be like uh, girl number three doing uh, place number two. <laughs> and <laughs> it, you just have to be able to <laughs> maximize this. <laughs> and yeah. okay, this costume doesn't this spot and sometimes girls would be doing um for the opening they would be uh spot number one and then for boys they would be doing spot number two and costume three for uh, replacements for example <laughs> so it, it really that's why we say the show's changing every night because there's just so many girls so many replacements and the show, there, there's no normal show. Like it, it never happens that everyone is there at her own spot with her own costumes. Like it just never happens. Oh, there's wow. always someone who's on holiday or who's sick or whatever. So you, you, yeah, you just got to be ready to um, adapt, improvise. <laughs> okay, I have a question about that. If, if the girls who are swings, do they have their own costume that fits them or do they swing into the costume of who they're replacing and hope that it all fits? <laughs> some of them have, have their own costumes, uh, but some don't. And you just got to know which one has her own costumes or not. And some girls have uh, don't have a number, like some replacement, uh, we use their uh, name not a number so there's some they sometimes have a part of the costumes like they're gonna have a barricade jacket but not uh 
boy jacket. So she's going to wear the jacket with her own name on it and for, uh, for barricade. And for boys, she's going to take someone else's jacket. And you just get to know which girl has what costumes. And it's always a bit confusing. Every time there's a new girl and she's like, I'm going to put this jacket. No, no, because this girl has her own jacket. How am I supposed to know? You just know. <laughs> You just, just know. know someone tells you about it someday and you got to remember it. Okay, that, that sounds hard enough if you were just doing the same dressing room or the same certain amount of dancers, but because you're all over the place, keeping that straight, I'm just really inspired by your brain. <laughs> you could come <laughs> in and be in a different place and have to, all because you never get to get comfortable and settle in. You're always like boom, ready, ready to think on the spot. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Wow. So on, I can't even say typical day because there's no such thing as a typical day. But when you come into work, what is at least how you start out with? What is the first things that you do and what a night would look like as far as like presets? and Because I know like in the show I was in, I remember that on one of our changes was so fast. It was right in the wings where they just had a sheet. You would drop everything and then there's another sheet and they, it was so fast that they would lower some of our costumes down. You put some of it on and some of it you can't, it was so fast. And so those changes, I wish I could see now and be amazed that we even did it and how the dresser layered everything because you don't want to put your necklace on before you put your panties on. Like you have to, there's a reason of why things are layered, layered. And then, then all of a sudden they're just magically whisked, whisked away. And so we didn't see that. It's unless you get to watch it without being the show to see how fast and how those dressers are sometimes running. They're not just sauntering back there waiting for you to get on stage. <laughs> is that the pace too as a lead? Or are you guys running a lot or is it a, a pace that's not just like a marathon? What, what spots you're doing. Uh, some of them you get run a lot. Uh, some of them a bit less. But yeah, it always you're always busy because even if you're not working on a quick change you're working like on repairing some ties you know or things like that so you always got something to do like a, a hook to fix or things like that so you're always really doing something most of the time and um a typical day uh, would be uh, most of the time i know what spot i'm gonna do uh, before like the day before uh, but sometimes uh, I think I know what spot I'm going to do but when I get there oh <laughs> this girl is sick so she's not there so changing plans <laughs> so uh, first we get um, the laundry like the costumes we got to wash on the day before uh, and we're just gonna preset everything for everyone uh, most of the time we try to preset the costumes uh, the earlier weekend in the show just to make sure if later we got stuck on something the costume is already preset and we don't have to worry about it uh -huh. but sometimes some of the costumes since they a bit huge and they can be also a bit fragile we don't have a choice but put them at last moment uh, on presets uh, because otherwise they would uh, since they're fragile they could be like pushed or just anyway it would be dangerous for the costume itself or sometimes when they're too big they're just 
gonna compromise uh, quick change that comes before because they take just too much space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, at first, yeah, we got the presets done. Then when the show starts, we obviously help the girl to dress. And uh, then we just wander in the corridors, just like putting more presets, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time uh, a tableau is done and the girls are going out of stage, we help them to change, obviously. And uh, we get their costumes back. And once the quick change is done, they're going on stage with the new costumes. And we're just putting it back in the closets, the costumes they've just taken off. So yeah, we're most of the time always busy and just going up and downstairs all the time (laughs) while carrying the costume. Some of them can be like really heavy. Uh, We have like 10 kilos more costumes. So we have to do a lot of squats. Yeah, you never have to go to the gym from all the lifting and carrying and stairs. I've seen when uh, when COVID came and uh, I stopped working for a year and a half. And I could feel myself when I was uh, going upstairs, like at my home or things like that. Why am I so tired just because I'm going <laughs> upstairs? And it was just because I wasn't doing my routine at the Lido. <laughs> and so I lost my ability to go upstairs without uh, breathing to. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because it's hard I, enough doing stairs. And then when you're adding extra things you're carrying, it's, it's hard. And then the pace that you're doing it. Yeah, sometimes you have to run in the stairs while carrying those huge costumes. And especially like the can-can skirts, they're so heavy. And when you're dancing with them, since they're just put on the, the waist, the, I think the weight is like, it. I don't know, I'm not a dancer and I, I've never tried it, the can-can skirt. But when you have to carry many of them <laughs> with uh, your uh, arms, it can be really, really heavy, and you have to go from court to jardin with like two or three can-can skirts, and sometimes it gets really tiring. Yeah, yeah. To think that you're worn out from doing a show that you didn't even that you weren't dancing, but you guys were doing probably the same amount of cardio, if not more. Yeah, exactly. So when you um, come into the show, because I know when I got to the tour and they, I remember like Jeremy pulling back the curtains and Eve showing us the bluebell costumes and all the beading and even beading that the audience may not even see. There's so many things, the details are so important, but the audience doesn't really see what's underneath, but from far away, you just get the sparkle. How was, did you find yourself uh, really looking at costumes as far as how they were made or sewn or? Oh, yes. Actually, I'm doing this all the time with regular clothes, like when I'm going shopping or whatever, or when I meet with friends, I always look at how the clothes are made. Uh, I just love it. (laughs) I love doing, so I always watch how the clothes are made and even more with costumes. And uh, I think it's funny sometimes because um, you can see that the costumes they're not made by the dressers because some of them they just don't close really easily and sometimes i think i'm glad this isn't a really quick quick change because with the way the costume is made it couldn't go it it couldn't go just it it wouldn't be fast enough if the change was really quick 
And uh, I, I would have loved to work at the little workshop as well, but I couldn't do both at the same time uh, for law reasons. Like it was illegal to do both because mm -hmm. it was too much. I could do both at another place, but both at the same place wouldn't have worked. And I'm really sad about it. But um, uh, I, I just love how you can like see the costume in the workshop being made. And if I could say to them like, you know, uh, this quick change is really, really fast. So maybe put this elastic instead or things like this. And um, sometimes like, you know, this one, uh, we have a lot of time, so you can put something more complicated to close or things like this. Uh, I know there are a lot of uh, places where uh, the team is doing both, like workshop in the day and then um, uh, dressing uh, during the night. And uh, I regret the Lido isn't working like this because uh, I think it would be better. Yeah, like you see the point of view because I just think even sometimes costumes were designed and we've learned all this choreography and you get the costume, like, well, we can't do some of the choreography in this because oh yeah that, yeah probably the same thing exactly yeah but also for fast changes they you know you see these beautiful design but not necessarily understand cost you know how fast they have to get in and i know when i went backstage of the show i was at that they had these costumes were huge we had like huge hoop skirt like this one number of the costumes were giant they didn't have anywhere to put them there was no space even though that backstage was huge so then one of the dressers came up with the idea like of having it above so it had like a um, remote that would bring it down because they made all this without thinking like, we're, how do we store these? So there's so many pieces if it's not communicated, like the dresser was usually the one that went, we have to be able to get them on. We have to be able to store them. You can't put this giant, 10 of these in the wings, there's no room. So there's some of those problems that aren't figured out until after. And it seems like it's usually the dresser. It makes sense of your brain too. Like it has to work to get those out of the way so that the next group can get on and off of things that sometimes are missed by creative people that, oh, there has to be the practical side of how do they get out of this, this beautiful <laughs> costume? Are they going to live in this for the rest of their life? They can't get out of it. So we, the, what is the, what is the workshop? Is that, does the Lido have a workshop too? Cause they haven't been making new costumes for a while. So is it just dependent uh, on if there's a new show? New costumes. Uh, but yes, we have a workshop. Um, upstairs really really upstairs and uh they mostly do like repairs and all the things we can't do as dressers during the nights either because we don't have time or because we don't have the sewing machines obviously okay so that's why uh, so when uh, yeah i started to tell you my typical day and i didn't finish but by oh no yeah <laughs> let's show, go by the end of the show that's when we we um get back the costumes we need to wash uh, some of the costumes have to be washed every day, some other just once a week or things like that. And uh, we also get all the costumes that need repairing, uh, repairing that we can't do ourselves because we're trying to do as much as we can, of course, but once again, we don't always have uh, material or time. And we put them upstairs uh, when we leave. So around uh, like 11 p.m. after the show. And uh, during the day, there's another team that comes uh, in the morning, uh, one team that will wash the costumes and one team that will uh, work in the workshop. 
so uh, the washing team is just washing everything and just let it dry until when we come we can take it back downstairs and the uh, workshop team uh, repairs everything and they also work on uh, sometimes um, getting uh, new pieces of costumes uh, ever since i've started the lido many pieces of costumes have actually changed like we did the can can bodies again uh, we used to have like not really beautiful ones they had like printing marks uh, i remember seeing the pictures marks. of those yeah and they changed them and they did an, an applique with uh, velvet, which is way prettier than it it's, used Yeah, that's way prettier. And they also changed like the Balfrio gloves uh, because they used to keep the um, gospel gloves, the sublime, they are doing gospel and then they changed to Balfrio and they used to keep the same gloves with the bracelets. And uh, at some point they actually did new gloves for Balfrio, so now they have to change gloves. Uh, so yeah, it's the little improvements uh, all year long that they're working on. And uh, I think it's nice because uh, the show changes as well. And it's, uh, even if we're not doing a whole set of new costumes, uh, still a bit of part, some parts are getting better and better. And uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. So at the end of the night, what after the dances are done, you're not done. What do the dressers do after the uh, show ends? Long uh, to just collect the dirty costumes. Uh, it, we just have to wait for the girls to take off their tights, and uh, and yeah, just the costumes they want us to wash, and uh, it. it yeah, it quite is fast. Actually, yeah. we most of the time, since the dancer has to take showers, uh, we're going out before them because it's faster for us to bring the costumes upstairs, uh, upstairs to be washed and repaired than for them to shower. So yeah, it really is fast, actually. You said something before we recorded, I'm assuming it was probably a newer dancer that went to see that her costume wasn't where it was. And she was so nervous, like, where's my costume's not there. Can you tell what that's like, especially when you've got a new dancer to trust that you got it taken care of? Yeah, um, yeah, we, we often see new dancers and um, sometimes they come from places where they weren't as much dressers as uh, we have at the Lido. We're a huge team at the Lido. We are actually 16, I think, something like that, 15. Really? So it's um, it's a lot and yeah. we don't have as much. And uh, we are doing things that a lot of places uh, wouldn't do. So, oops, sorry. My cat, kitty. <laughs> my cat is uh, invading my face. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes the, the, the dressers, when do, we do, uh, no, not the dressers, the new dancers, when we do things for them, oh, really, really, are you sure uh, I can do it? And no, no, that's yeah. my job, don't worry. <laughs> and um, it's always, um, but on the contrary, some things we don't do, like we don't take care of shoes at the Lido. Uh, dancers have to take care of their own shoes. And uh, sometimes some of them forget, so you have to, 
always keep an eye on the shoes to make sure everyone brings their shoes. Even if we're not bringing them ourselves, we're always keeping an eye on them to make sure they're here. And if they're not, and obviously the dancer is on stage, so she won't have time to get them. We have to go get them for her instead. So we got to run. Oh, no. <laughs> and the way you said that one dancer was like, well, my costume's not here. I liked your response. Like, it, like it, she did not see what was happening because you're not doing it in front of them. It's magically yeah. happening when they're on stage. And Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes uh, when the dancers, uh, before the dancers are going on stage, like uh, it happened to me once uh, before opening, uh, a subalive told me, uh, oh, Marion, I don't have my Parisian costume and Parisian is right after opening. So I really need it. And I told her, you know, opening is like five minutes long. I have a lot of time to bring you the Parisian costume. I was planning on it. Don't worry. When you're on stage doing the opening, I'm just not sitting in the corner <laughs> waiting for you to come out of stage. I'm doing things. So don't worry. Uh, I'll get your Parisian costume on time. There's no problem. I'll take care of it. And uh, yeah, most of the time we do the presets uh, while the dancers are on stage. So they, when they go on stage, there's a pr some preset. And when they come back, there's another preset because we've been just changing the costumes while they were on stage. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of things they don't see. And that's why they got to trust us. I yeah. See, my dog barks every interview um, because I, a lot of, a lot of interviews I've done, we talk about the dreams that we have as dancers. Most of us, it's that we can't find our costume preset. Like I can't find my headpiece. And that's like, I haven't danced in those shows for 40 years and it still will come up. I think it's been my life when things feel a little chaotic and I feel unorganized. Like my dreams go back to being backstage Cause it's the same setup that we had to or above is a shelf where all your, your hats and headdresses are, but it's usually that I can't find it or it's down in someone else's and it's this panic mode. We also dream like we're supposed to be on stage and we don't remember the choreography and like, Oh, just figure it out. But that's funny because that, that feeling is like, I want to know my part, but I have to know that my costumes are right. Because I think I started out when those, one of those shows, so having a dresser, I felt bad. Like, well, I can dress myself because it feels weird to have someone do it for you. I, I don't want to make you work extra, but that's what you're supposed to do because you make more work for people if you don't let them dress you. <laughs> and then I went into shows that didn't have dressers. So when I had to sew my own tights or fix things or I'd gotten spoiled, I got to have the best treatment in my first show. But it is interesting to when it's all on you to do your presets and remember the show. And if, if, you know, if you set your presets up, presets up wrong, your costume change isn't going to work. So uh, also there's a, a way that you preset. Cause you're not going to, I think I already said this, maybe not in the recording. You don't put your, your G string on first or your earrings. You start with its most fundamental things to layer, but you can't just have it all in a big pile. So when you preset it for a fast change, is there, like a way you have it is for an order or they just know an order or each girl on their own to figure out what works best? Oh yeah, usually we have some time before the quick change to just talk, talk between us, uh, just to make sure we agree on the way to do it. Because uh, since the girls, they're swinging and we are swinging too, it's most of the time it's, it's never twice the same people at the same spot. So uh, we always make sure 
to be like, are you, are you taking the belt? Yes, yes, I'm taking the gloves. Okay, I'm holding her hair. Yeah, sure. And we always have a bit of time before the dancer comes in to just check that we all agree on what our part is. And if uh, a girl is doing a spot for the first time and she's like, I'm not really sure about what I'm doing or I haven't been doing these spots in a long time. Do you think like you could help me if you see that I can't zip up something or and we're most of the time we just talk about it and we just sort it out before the dancers come in and I think that I say a lot um, to my colleagues uh, dressers or as well dancers it's sometimes when you're doing a quick change you can be like a very focused so you don't speak you're like doing things, things, and you think that if you start speaking, you're gonna lose time. But most of the time, actually, if you speak up to what you're doing or whatever, it's way easier. Like when the the, the dancers come, she'll be like, "I'm taking off my shoes," or just, "Do you have my gloves?" Yes. Okay. Then, do you have the necklace? And even even if we know what we're supposed to do next, just the fact that she says what she's doing or what she's expecting us to do, like sometimes in the in the stress, you can be like, um, "Do you have uh, my my necklace?" And the dresser will be like, "The, the necklace? You sure? You're supposed to put the gloves first. And she'll be like, "Oh yes, you're right." And if she just well even it, as the dressers I can say like okay I'm untying the shoes right now uh, just speaking while you're doing the quick change makes things really easier because it helps you evacuate the stress and it makes sure everyone is on the same page during the quick change and uh, we had um during uh, the Paris Merveille show, some really quick change. Like for example, the lunette dancer uh, was doing uh, the principal role. We don't like to use the word principal, but the lunette girl, uh, she was changing every night. And she was doing this really quick change between the lustre, uh, where she had to go down in the fosse, uh, so two levels down the stage. And then she had to be like two minutes later on stage. So two stairs up <laughs> and with another costumes. And uh, it was a really, really fast, quick change and uh, really stressing for everyone because like the show must go on. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and just talking this quick change out as always helped me like even if I was about to do a mistake or the dancers forgot something or whatever just saying the things like okay I'm almost done I'm just zipping this up okay this is zipped up well, because when you're doing things in the back of the dancers and they don't know what you're doing because they can't see you obviously <laughs> and they they can't always feel what you're doing so just saying I have zipped this I have buttons the other things just letting her know what you're doing is really helpful and i think it makes you go faster actually that's so good i just remember like when you first come in the show there's that frenetic energy you were on stage and then the if you're if you're frantic you slow down and when you start to get a rhythm when you're calmer you do it faster but i remember working on a cruise ship and the g-string had a hook on the side and it was a 
crazy fast change. And the dancer kept doing this. Like, I can't get it. I can't get it. She was missing the thing because she's trying to do it fast. And I go, take a breath. And I went over and hooked it in one thing. But when you're, when you are frantic, you, you don't help yourself because you're exactly you're, you're yeah. Someone just says, I'm zipping you. Like I can imagine for a dancer when it's their first night, the dresser has a lot to do with helping them not be a disaster energetically where you come on stage and dance and you, you wasted all that energy in the wings trying to get dressed fast. When someone's like, I got it. Now you're zipped. Now go out and do your job. Because I know like sometimes a quick change is where it's just anxiety producing. And I get, you can hear the music and it's getting close to when you're going to be on and you can feel that panic. And so that calmness that you offer and then the other dancers around like this, you got it. You're fine. Cause I'm sure it happens when someone's new to the show that they're missing something or they're late because they just can't make those changes fast enough, even with your help, because they, they have to be helpful too. <laughs> uh, exactly. And just so you know, as the dresser, we have the same, <laughs> the, the same frenetic energy <laughs> as you. Yeah, sometimes we, we, we can't calm down and we, we got stressed because our dancer has to go on stage. And if she doesn't, that's our fault. So oh. we, we, we got really stressed as well. And just making sure uh, as a dresser to be able to communicate with your dancer. And I think as a dancer as well, to be able to tell your dresser what you want, what you're, go- what you're going to do, or just ask questions like, are you okay? Is it fine? Uh, are you ready? Or things like this, you know, can just help reduce the tension. Yeah. Cause it's not, when you go out there, tent, you're not thinking well, and you're not going to have a very good dance performance when your <laughs> sparks are flying off of energy. So we've talked about costume disasters with the dancers of uh, being hooked in the stage. Let me talk about Savannah that she got, I don't know how this ended up in the big, huge skirts that they do with the chandeliers of end up falling or something and doing it down on her knees. And so there's these stories that you laugh at when you're in it, you either have to laugh or cry. And the audience doesn't sometimes see the things that are so obvious to those on stage when something's funny, like somebody was talking about, they had a point shoe stuck in their backpack. And so did you see anything that was a, like would be called a disaster, but ends up being a good story later of things that go wrong? Oh, yeah. Actually, I think I've seen many, many. Uh, <laughs> from, I, I can remember that story of Savannah getting uh, falling in the um, Balfrio uh, skirts uh, because those Balfrio, uh, they're really some kind of dresser nightmare, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like they're so huge and uh, they're actually so huge. You have to take them uh, really close to the stage to put the dread, dread the, the dancer inside the skirt because otherwise they couldn't move if you dress them in the corridors uh, it's just too tight and you, you can't move with the dress so they have to be dressed really close to the stage and undressed as well uh, when they come out of stage uh, so yeah and you're doing it in the dark uh, because uh, when you're too close to the stage, you have to turn off the lights. Otherwise, you can see the lights from back yeah. on stage, obviously. So, uh, yeah, they're really heavy and it's only one dresser for a dress. So you have to carry them, put them uh, really close to the stage. And then all the tool, all the lights, they're just going everywhere and you're almost in the dark because we we just have this uh, front lamp uh, that we can oh, you use do. to light <laughs> light us and uh, and then the 
the girls, they coming out from uh, gospel and going inside the dress. And it's not the quickest change ever, but it's still got to be a big change, a bit quick if you want it to work. And then they're just, you have to zip them up and make sure all the lights are perfectly fit around them. And then boom, they're already on stage. <laughs> so yeah, the, those, uh, yeah the, those dress, they're a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but I, I don't remember really stories. Um, like sometimes we don't really know about the stories until the dancers is coming out of stage and telling us, oh my God, this was going wrong. And I kept trying to fix it while dancing. <laughs> and... <laughs> I couldn't do it and we only know when it's done right you never see anything go on stage and go uh oh uh oh because somebody was talking about one of the girls who that was who was topless in one of the other numbers but came out in a number they were all dressed without her bra (laughs) I'm just imagining being in the wings going oh no like if you can see things that are not yeah like to watch it from the wings and see your perspective like there's no way to fix it now. They're on the stage and something <laughs> is, they're wearing the wrong shoes or things like that, that you might, like, you, you can't run out there and change it for me. You just have to, okay, we'll catch you on the other side. Yeah, one time a dancer, uh, because uh, just before opening, uh, at the Lido, they have uh, two shoes that had the, the same shoes, but just different colors. They have like uh, golden ones and gray ones. And uh, uh, one of the girls, uh, she just, was around stage, ready to go on stage for the opening. And then uh, one of my colleagues noticed she actually was wearing two different shoes, like one golden on one feet, <laughs> on one foot, and on the other foot, the gray one. And she was like, what are you doing? You're wearing two different shoes. And <laughs> she's glad, we're glad she noticed before she went on stage. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. she just didn't went at all. And she told her opposite, like, no, we're not going board mission board mission oh, really? i'm not wearing the right shoes <laughs> so she didn't went on stage at all for the the opening but yeah she could have been on stage with like two different shoes i'm not sure anyone would have noticed because you know when the opening starts it's just so wonderful you're not yeah. looking at the shoes anyway i wouldn't notice that oh but addressing maybe one. one or two people would have noticed but yeah they just think she chose to be special (laughs) so when you took that video had you been down in the storage area before to see all those or was that it it was actually my first time in the storage um uh, and i'm really really happy i had the opportunity to go because um i was hearing about it for a really long time Uh, i feel like i had always been hearing about it. Uh, but uh, most of the dressers just don't go except when uh, they're making a new revue. Uh, so the last time the dressers went was uh, when they closed the Bonheur before opening Paris Merveille. Uh, and then just not really, uh, except from uh, Cathy and Erlène, who are like the bosses of the dresser pool. Uh, no one's going. And when I heard Erlen was going to get um, to get us costumes for the last one, uh, she wanted to, to bring costumes for the dresser, like hats or accessories, just so since we've been uh, 
walking down the stairs on stage for the last one we wanted to dress up a bit get a bit fancy oh, you and uh, Erlen went there to uh, bring hats for us and also other costumes for the dancers and uh, when I heard she was going I asked her do you think I, I could come with you just to to see and maybe give you a, a hand I don't know and she was like yeah why not if you want to check it let's let's come and so I, I came Sorry. but I think I, I wouldn't have the uh, I wouldn't have the opportunity if I didn't ask for it uh, I just heard she was going and I was like okay I want to go too and we're so close to the end if I don't go this week I would just never go ever in my whole life and that would be such a shame so uh, yeah I took my car and went there and uh and I think she was glad I came because she had a lot of stuff <laughs> to bring back. <laughs> so she, yeah. I, I helped her a lot. And um, of course, I took many, many pictures. And uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I had the opportunity, but I also took the opportunity. Like, you took the opportunity. Yeah, you didn't waste it. Because when you, because uh, you and I had never talked, I didn't know we weren't connected on Facebook. So when you... I don't know if you commented, but when you sent me that and then I asked, is it okay to post this? And you said, yes, I went, that made so many dancers so happy because the, it, to go through the rows and someone from Bonaire, like, oh, those are the beautiful flower hats. It brings up so much because the, uh, the backstage dressing room is another one of those that brings back the memories so much, but it was just like, almost like we were going into the historical vault, like Indiana Jones or something <laughs> that opened up this treasure or the cave of wonders in Aladdin. It was just it felt magical. And I, and for you who has this whole connection to the Lido, but also costuming, it just feels like a kid in a candy store. It's a, exactly. a costumer I, in a costume. I, I wouldn't have said better. Yeah, yeah, oh, it was yeah. exactly like the candy store. Uh, and I, I was, I felt, um, I felt a bit sad to be only 26 and not have been able to know all of this. Uh, yeah. because I was obviously too young or not even born yet and uh, yeah I think I would have loved to be a bit older just to be able to see all of this on stage with my own eyes because even yeah. if we have uh, videos on internet it's obviously it's not, not the same, same. and yeah, I felt, um, I felt it's a bit weird but I felt nostalgic of some, something I've never lived just seeing all of the costumes, uh, I could feel them, the ener energy they had and um, all of the memories attached to them and just seeing them uh, just hanging blank and empty. It felt a bit sad, but also yeah. very beautiful, you know, like this kind of beautifully, beautifully sad. I would say it was really 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 pretty and uh just by looking at them I could imagine them on stage and imagine the girls wearing them and I obviously I have no idea what kind of dance they were no I, I don't know anything about them basically but just looking at them I could feel uh, all the emotion yeah Oh and yeah, I love. I love that you actually like really savored that, and it mattered to you instead of just these are pretty costumes that you actually understood. Like I love that you said you're just nostalgic for something you hadn't even lived. Yeah, exactly. because there's this this thing that's going away, and it should be appreciated 
more or if we could go back in time. Like I wish I'd seen the Lido before 2000, I think seven or 19 was the first time I'd seen a show at the Lido, even though I did those shows. And I had this feeling, I wish I had paid more attention or come back or come and seen the shows more, but downstairs and just, cause I love when I was there in April, they did the tableau where they brought back new, and those costumes were grand. Like they take the one with the yellow boas takes up the whole stage. Oh yeah. They just, they were just bigger back then. And so I've heard the girls say they are, it, they're so appreciative to get to wear them. They feel how heavy they are <laughs> and, but they get to see, they get to wear the history. So then for this, and I got to sit in on the rehearsal for the new section, they added the pre-show. And then I think it was in the bows. So they were like those beautiful silver mirrored capes. I, I don't know if anybody's seen those for years. And so we got the new of that, that part, but then the people that got to see those last two shows with a little bit of choreography they had representing that. It just like it came back to life. It felt, I want to say magical. Like these have been hanging somewhere for all these years. Got to have one last little time on the stage. I mean, that sounds weird to somebody who doesn't appreciate shows, dancers and costumes. But for us, it's like those costumes got to live again. Exactly. They they really have a a history and you can witness their history just by looking at them. Like they really bring uh, feelings to you and... Yeah, it's really, yeah, it really is like, a, I got moved out, you know, like, a, I was, yeah, I was really feeling emotional. And when I left the storage, uh, I could understand even more the, um, the dimension of Lido closing. Like Lido is all I know, of course, but I've been there for only five years. So it, it isn't much compared to the whole story of the Lido and just being able to witness all these costumes. At some point I was like, whoa, that really is a huge loss. And yeah. I knew, obviously I already knew what a huge loss it, it was, but just, it made it even more obvious. Uh, uh. <laughs> sorry. That is, oh, no, sorry. but that's like, I, no, no, no. Because we were saying like, if the emotions are so important to acknowledge instead of like, well, it's over and done. It really is hitting everybody when we heard it was sold, but people didn't really know what was happening. There was already, you know, people were feeling it. And then when the date was announced, it was another gut punch. And then when that new part was added with these costumes that came out of storage and to see those alive, and one of the pictures that that Annabelle, I think it was Annabelle Proud that posted it. I'm going to interview her, her soon. Was the backstage, the dressing room was empty with that picture of the of the showgirl looking down with a tear. Because when I did the tour backstage in April, we, we looked at the dressing rooms and it made me just feel like all the emotions to see their photos on the mirror. You decorate your station. You make, you know, what you want to look at, your family, your friends, artwork or whatever. Everybody had their little different way they made that their home. And we were talking about when you leave a show, taking your stuff off your mirror is emotional, but a lot of times you're going on maybe to another show or you've chosen to end. So it feels different because the show I was in, I wasn't there for the end, but somebody was telling me about all of them taking their things off the mirror and packing up their makeup. I just started crying. There's something of the finality of that instead of the show is going to keep going. Like this is the end of this theater as we know it. And no one's going to sit here with their makeup kit. And, and enjoy it like we did so that picture hit me very strongly and like you're saying that like seeing the storage how it it brought it 
to being that this is, this is the end. And it, it, we couldn't wrap our head around it. And I'd never danced with the lead except for at the reunion on stage, I danced in another theater. So it doesn't feel, it feels personal to be not the same as those that did it. So that last show, were you guys packing the costumes away? Like what were the dressers doing? Cause I know that it was two days later, it was cleared out. And I've heard people had to have all their possessions out. Some didn't get it in time and never got it back. And the clearing of the dressing room feels like the saddest part to me. Yeah, actually, since I'm not uh, full-time at the Lido, I'm not considered uh, an, employee, an employee of the Lido since I'm intermittent du spectacle. Uh, so I really wasn't part of the team who got rid of everything, uh, packed everything, etc. Because for the last show, we just, we did everything as usual. Uh, really? We just put back every costume in the closets and we left like we were going to come back tomorrow like just closing the little curtains you know of every yeah. lodge, like we do every time and um i think two or three days later like it was on saturday and i think maybe on monday uh the employees like real employees not like me uh came back um to pack everything uh, I think it, the costumes probably went directly to the storage. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wasn't really a part of it. And I'm glad I wasn't because that was probably really hard to do. I bet. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I was way happier at home <laughs> instead yeah. of just packing out of this. Uh, yeah, it, it probably was really emotional. Yeah, that feels so final. What's the longest anyone had been there of the dressers? Was any, and I know some people probably were there for years. Oh yeah, I think more than 30 years for sure. Um, probably 35 for some of them. Um, actually, I, I don't really know uh, because as soon as the news of the end of the Lido was up, uh, that was kind of a subject I was trying to avoid, you know, between yeah. us. Yeah. Because uh, the first weeks, everyone was really emotional about it. And I didn't want it to start crying or having anyone starting crying in front of me because of the end. So uh, since I'm not really, I mean, I'm concerned about the end of the Lido, of course, but not in a professional way. Uh, I've been working at lots of other places anyway and uh it doesn't really affect me professionally at at all you have other uh, work it really you... is it really is emotional um like as i said it was my first job my first internship uh it was my entry door into the cabaret world and i really felt there like at home uh but um i have uh, I'm lucky enough to not be professionally affected uh, by the end of the Lido and I didn't want it to like brag about it in front of my colleagues like what are you going to do oh I don't know what are you going to do oh I don't care I have lots of other plans you know I, yeah. I, I felt a bit disconnected uh, from all the girls who were having like a real life-changing situation and mine was just emotional that was all yeah so, which is uh, a lot because I heard like the dancers when I watched that last rehearsal it was the week before the final show 
they were rehearsing and you just see one dancer look out kind of to see the theater, maybe understanding there's not that many left and to see them cry and someone would kind of pat them and then they'd keep going and someone over there would cry. So within that two hours, they were feeling the emotions and then just had to keep going. And I've heard backstage, you know, there was a mixture of sadness, anger, disbelief. And so all those things are swirling and they'd still go out and do the most beautiful professional show. But the backstage, I just wonder, I mean, you could probably feel all that stuff churning backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was backstage wasn't really fun fun right in the, in the last weeks uh like i remember on the last um the last one like the saturday last one uh when i witnessed the opening i started crying because i was really emotional about the end of the show and i was like it's the last time ever i'm watching the opening and uh it was one of my favorite tableau from the show like if not my favorite and uh, I started crying and I was trying just to stay uh, <laughs> focused yeah. and professional. But like I had tears in my eyes and between opening and Parisian, I had uh, this change with one of the girls. And when she came to the preset I had there and she looked at me and she told me like, you're not starting now if you're starting now we're all starting so just please don't <laughs> and I was like okay don't look at me I'm not gonna look at you we're just gonna ignore each other's eyes so we oh make sure to not make eye contact and not just burst into tears so uh, yeah yeah the last one was really hard uh we were really like focused on doing our job and not thinking too much about what it meant to do our job this this specific night and uh, yeah it was hard in the beginning but then I got myself like okay stop, stop crying <laughs> you're not here to cry you're paid <sighs> to do your job so just do your job and don't think about it and uh, yeah I, I just spent the whole night trying not to think about it Oh, I think that's what of us, most of us did, actually. I think just do it like you're going to do it tomorrow or next week or whatever, because otherwise you, you're just going to start crying and it's, it's going to be ugly. Well, I think you said something that was really beautiful because you had to be professional, but you did take moments to say this is the last time. So even if it made you cry, you weren't ignoring like you were oh, kind yeah. of taking in some of those into your heart. Mm. And, yes. and then we, I have time for crying because I, don't, I have to figure out which dancer said this, but something about we were professional altogether, but now that it's over, we cry alone. Because the people that you'd want to bond with that experienced it, now people are separated. I, I see Instagram, some of the dancers on there's weddings, they're getting together for other things, but it's never the same as when everybody, the dressers, the dancers, the singers, the technicians, it's kind of like you couldn't you couldn't have had a big cry fest to that last show, but it felt like there must have been some kind of bonding, even knowing we can't do it now. But I see you. I see that you're on the verge of tears. So you're not alone in it because you had even said like it didn't hit you until a few days later when you were thinking, I'm just going to go back because you weren't there every day as a swing. So you may have been a couple of weeks. And then now that it's been 15, 16 days, that reality hits you. But you're yeah, exactly. you're not with the rest of the cast to, to feel it. And, Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a bit. Um, honestly, I'm still trying not to think too much about it. 
Yeah. Because uh, when I just take time to tell myself, well, I would never go back. I would, I'll never see the show again. Uh, I'll never see those lodges just full of people and full of memories and full of stuffs and just full of so messy all the lodge is so messy and as you said uh the picture uh, posted by annabelle with the empty lodges just seeing all those places really empty when it used to be so messy really just food makeup uh strings just all <laughs> the things whatever like random things like a hairbrush or just things of life you know all those slice of life uh, that are um, now gone, and that's what that's what hits the most. I think yeah. to to see it empty. And, uh, that one, that picture, and then there's a picture of the chain link fence in front of the Lido, and a picture, a video of the lights turning off. So I don't know if the lights ever turned off, if they were just always on all through the night. But to see the lights turned off was just, oh, this is real. And it's I guess we have to see that to move on and grieve. Yes. But it's so hard because honestly, I've, I've interviewed people that danced 40 years ago and some people never process the grief and then they talk about it and they're like, I never really grieved that if it was an injury or whatever reason they stopped dancing or singing or being a dresser that it's, it's a hard job to say, I'm done. I've done all I want to do. And now it just feels like you can't, it's hard to leave that thinking you, you've done all you wanted to do because it's a short life for a dancer. But I think that grief you know, it's going to come out somewhere eventually, and it may not need to be now, but I think it's people hit that moment. Like, I think I need to grieve and cry or feel this because I can't do it right now because I have a show to do, but then later to go. Cause I think it's like how you do it. You're holding the sadness and the beauty side by side that, you know, like you, to love something means you grieve it. But if, if it, if you, if it was that beautiful, it's worth grieving instead of like, it was just a show. Cause it wasn't just a show. It sounds like oh, for no, anybody, it wasn't just a show. Yeah. And I did shows like, oh, that was nice. And I left. And I was just ready to move on. There's other ones that had a way more significant part in my life. And when you're in your 20s or whatever, that's when you're developing as a person. That's what shapes you. And to have this kind of opportunity makes you different, you know, as you move forward. Exactly. So one of the questions I already asked you, and I know you don't have an answer, but I have to ask it because everybody's like, what happens to the costumes? First, they're concerned what happens to all the people that work there. And then like, what about, especially seeing the, the um, storage area, like what's going to happen to all these costumes? And you, I know you're not going to answer, but you can answer it anyway. So they know I asked you the question. <laughs> yeah, actually, no one knows yet what will happen with the costumes. Um, we only have like guessings. We can try to imagine what they're going to do. Uh, Probably in the next future, nothing, absolutely nothing. They're probably just stay in the storage for some time. Uh, we have no idea how long. Uh, I think they're probably going to keep them uh, just in case uh, if they need some part of the costumes uh, because the, the venue is going to post shows from abroad or I don't really know yet uh, but there are still going to be shows happening there uh, so I think yeah they're going to keep them just in case and probably probably just a guessing again uh, they're going to try to sell some of them in a few years 
I guess, um, because they just can't keep it forever. Uh, it's going to cost them money to keep them and they won't spend money to keep them and not use them. And also, they're, the, I think the costumes, they're going to the degrade if they stay just not being used yeah. uh, in the dust or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, what I hope and what I would love the most would be to have like a Lido exhibition somewhere and they would take out all of the costumes and just put them in the museum or Lido Museum, for example. I would really love this to happen. Yeah. Oh. I have no clue if it's going to happen someday well, let's, or not. We'll put it out there. Someone's going to have some money because then it would be great to have a museum and once in a while dancers get to come put them on so people could see them come to life again because there's this uh, showgirl museum in Las Vegas that Grant Filippo has he has some from the Lido in Paris but he's got a lot from Vegas and so people can come see them but I think he he's done some things where people put them on again and it just like a dancer who's in their 60s will put it on and just like they're back to being 20 years old again they remember like that magic because it really it is something magical they're not just fabric oh yeah totally agreed on that in france we have a specific museum for costume uh centre national du costume de scène it's uh, in a city called uh, moulin sur allier it's uh, a bit far from paris i think it's a three hours train or something like well i mean it's not really far from for the us right. <laughs> you, ha you have a really different scale so <laughs> I, I guess three hours train isn't really much for you uh but it's half of friends for us so, uh and uh, they every year they make a different exhibition or on many different subjects and i really hope someday they decide to make one on cabaret for example yeah. and they could ask the Lido for some costumes that would be amazing but let's I would I would come let's to not hope too that. much <laughs> let's not well, talk too much and I think it is I think that people might get really creative as an imagination if if the new owners don't see it maybe somebody else will like have some so. way that that honors the Lido I, so I when just, we're I just hope they're not gonna end up in that storage for like 30 years. Yeah. And just completely, they, they would be forgotten. forgotten and just destroyed oh. by time. That would be, yeah. I just hope for that. Anything else would sweet me. Right. Anything that keeps them visible. So when we're ending is, I know I never prepare people with the question is because I don't usually know. Out of your time there, what is it that you think the Lido has brought to you that you wouldn't have had without that experience? Wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> a lot of things, really, really a lot of things. Um, first of all, uh, it helped me a lot with um, just being more friendly with everyone, you know, just not being shy to talk to people and just having this whole group of people uh, always chatting together. There always something ongoing, things like that. It, it made me more social, I think, uh, because I used to be like the science kid, you know, a bit shy, uh, not talking to anyone. So yeah, it helped yeah. me a lot on that. And uh, I think it formed me as a dresser, obviously. Um, and it gave me 
the the taste for dressing. Uh, at first, I, I didn't thought I would like it because I, I really love sewing and like dresses. Well, it wasn't something I, I was aspiring to do. But when I tried it at the Lido, I just fell in love. Uh, that wasn't planned. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I love this. I love doing this. Uh, it's just amazing. All the adrenaline from the show. And just, I got addicted to all of this. And uh, I think it helped me also, as you say, to be quick on my feet. Uh, just um, solving problems the faster I could, uh, being efficient. And uh, really the idea of the show must go on is really something important in my life now. And I think I rely on that a lot, even for things that are not related to Lido, of course. Just yeah. the idea of the show must go on because no matter what, you can't stop time anyway. So even if I'm not feeling well, even if I missed something or even if I, whatever happens in my life, I always think that the show must go on. And it helps me a lot to solve my everyday, everyday problems. And um, yeah, I think it's really, yeah, to really, really the, the quick on your feet is really the perfect uh, items to say that. <laughs> to just be able to think fast and be efficient. Well, I feel good knowing that you're going to have a great career, that you've got all this wonderful things that you can take into what's next. But because you already have things lined up, I also will follow to see what you're doing because I always think, what are people going to do after? But you're going to be fine. You're going to be wonderful. You've got so much going for you. And I do have to say, I was on the verge of tears most of this interview in a yeah, good way. Yeah, yeah, and I think too. it is. It's understanding. It's this how beautiful. Like things make me want to cry because you're so beautiful. Exactly. And then also that it's not going to be there makes me cry. And the beautiful people that made it so special. But I think the tears feel really um, sacred to me to get to feel that even I'm here in the United States to still feel connected bluebells from all the generations that kind of brought us together to honor the end and, and feel all the feelings. But then like, oh, I feel connected when I hear people that have that similar heart. So I'm just thankful that you shared what you shared and it wasn't just the technical part of being a dresser it was really your passion and love for it and for the people and the costumes and the theater and the dancers I just think that that even though it made me cry I'm so thankful to get to have this more than just a fact that something closed it feels very all, all the emotions all packed up so thank you for that Marianne I really appreciate it yeah, thank you for having me on this podcast because uh, it always is really interesting for me to share my point of view on uh, what it's like yeah. to be a dresser because most of the time people who don't really know anything about uh, the shows, uh, when I told them I'm the dresser, they're like, so what are you going to dress since they're naked? dude oh man that's not how it works <laughs> that's something i hear a lot and um even from people for the from the the show industry they just most of the time dressers are being under look uh and yeah. 
I think it's sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, I'm really happy to have the opportunity to talk to you about all of this. I so appreciate it. And I know that the dancers who got to work with you, because a lot of them listen to this podcast. So I think for them to get to hear your point of view and to hear your story lifted up will make them happy too. Well, hi, everyone who knows me, uh, who's listening yeah. to me. <laughs> so we'll, we'll um, post that video again and then any pictures you have, because you also have to share some pictures of your fashion sense of your great way you dress so that we can show all the facets of this human that wasn't just there running around dressing and people that you have this wonderful creative side that's going to live on no matter what. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to say it in French. Is it au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Thank you. Whoops. I'm trying to turn this off. I'm turning off the recording, but thank you so much, Marianne.